let's continue on in our reading, Acts chapter 12. Today is Wednesday, and uh, we are in the final home stretch, guys. Uh, today, uh, tomorrow, and then Friday, and then you just have to survive Saturday. <laughs> Don't break your fast on Saturday. Don't like eat a tub of macaroni and cheese. Because then you have to start all over again. <laughs> uh, okay, Acts chapter 12. Um, let's continue on. And we're going to read just to uh, the 17th verse. About that time, King Herod reached out to harm some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And seeing that this pleased the Jews, Herod proceeded to seize Peter during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He arrested him and put him in prison, handing him over to uh, to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out to the people after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was fervently praying to God for him. On On the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, with sentries standing guard at the entrance of the prison. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrists. Get dressed and put on your sandals, said the angel. Peter did so, and the angel told him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So Peter followed him out, but he was unaware that what the angel was doing was real. He thought he was only seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city, which opened for them by itself. When they had gone outside and walked the length of one block, the angel suddenly left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. And when he had realized this, he, had, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered together and were praying. He knocked at the outer gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she forgot to open the gate, but ran inside and announced, Peter is standing at the gate. You're out of your mind, they told her. But when she kept insisting it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astounded. Peter motioned with his hand for silence, and he described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Send word to James and to the brothers, he said, and, let, and he left for another place. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, so the, the persecution is uh, being notched up, and uh, they end up taking the life of uh, James uh, this is not James, uh, the brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James. This is James, uh, the brother of, uh, I think it was John, the sons of Zebedee. Remember the mom comes and says, can you put one son at the right and one, one son at the left? Remember the two that were calling down fire because, uh, you know, on the Samaritans because they weren't you know, uh, 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 submitting or obeying. Um, and so this is a James, uh, you know, one of the inner circle, the core uh, one of the twelve disciples uh, whose life is taken by the sword, uh, and so persecution is being ratched up. Uh, King Herod is the grand, uh, sorry, the, the 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 grandson, or is it the son? Sorry, give me a second. Is the grandson of Herod the Great, uh, the grandson of the uh, Herod the Great, um, Herod Agrippa, who was the one who, in Jesus' time, put all the babies, the edict to kill all the uh, firstborn sons uh, of Israel. And so this is the, great, uh, grand, or the grandson. And so he continues on in this pursuit of, of just uh, uh, you know, bringing death and wanting to shut down the, the move of God. 
Um, you see here the stark contrast in Jerusalem with the movement of God uh, outside of Jerusalem, in Antioch, in the Gentile community, in the church. Uh, the Spirit of God is moving, the church you know, is, is growing, is, is birthing. Uh, there's love for the people in Jerusalem. There's love for the Jews. Uh, the Gentiles are filled with the Spirit. But it's a stark contrast. In Jerusalem, uh, both the government and the Jews are, are, are very anti-Christian. You know, They're anti the movement of God. And there's enmity and there's hatred toward the church. And so really, this, this Spirit of God comes you know, first through the Jews... And then, and then, you know, after 10 years, it moves out and, and starts to spread through the Gentile community and churches are planted. And then all throughout the, because it starts from here, all throughout the Roman Empire, throughout trade routes and roads and everything. Uh, and because of the persecution, it spreads. And, and um, you know, I, I, I don't want to judge, you know, or be critical, but, you know, Israel as a whole, they just missed it. They completely missed it. They, moved, they missed the move of God. And I don't know if it's because... You know, uh, they were waiting for something more. You know, God, God was tugging on their hearts. God had something that, that, that was uh, uh, maybe in their eyes small, but would one day be an incredible blessing. And I don't know if they thought it was too little. I don't know if they thought they, they, they were waiting for something bigger, a, 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 more, a more spectacular Messiah. I don't know if it was beneath them to some regard. Like, what? If like, the Spirit of God is going to pour out on, on all the people, then they're not, you know, like, you know, exclusivity. Right? And so they completely miss it, and the movement in the church of God and church history just explodes out of that whole region into the world. And then now, uh, uh, you know, they're on the outside looking in. And so, you know, we, in, one, in one aspect, you know, we have to continue in our day to pray for Israel. We have to continue to pray for the blessing of Israel. We have to, you know, uh, uh, as a church, as an international church, uh, all, all the churches around the world, uh, it, it all culminates in coming back and, and, and Israel receiving the faith. And I believe that that's one of the you know, final things to happen before the second coming of Christ. And so, you know, as, as a church, as individuals, you know, mission trips, uh, support of the church, and, and it's happening. Uh, it's happening. Uh, churches are being planted. Uh, uh, you know, Jews are, are getting saved. We, don't, we call them Messianic Jews. We don't call them Christians, but Messianic Jews uh, or Messianic believers. Uh, um, um, and so, you know, we, 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 we pray for that. Uh, I think you can refer to them as Messianic uh, Christians as well. Um, but this, this brings, uh, uh, you know, it, it brings us to an issue. You know, God has a plan. God's going to, wants to redeem the world. And, and the question has to be asked, like, why, why does James lose his life? Why does God allow James to lose his life, but why does he preserve Peter's life? Right? That's a, that's a good question. Why not preserve all of them? Why not use all of them? Uh, uh, why in, in, in one, one instance, one disciple's life is taken for the gospel, and then in the next, you know, Herod's, you know, Herod's an ultimate crowd pleaser. He sees that it pleased the, the crowds to take James, so now he wants to take Peter. And then why does God intervene uh, 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 for, for Peter? Uh, it's a difficult question, and you know we, we don't have the answers. You know we, we just trust that God has a reason, that that the work that Peter had uh, uh, was not done yet. Um, and does that mean that James's work effectively was done? I mean, you know, obviously for this time, 
but it's something that we struggle with. You know, we, we look around and, and why is this person you know, healthy? Why is this person sick? Why did this person get healed? Why did this person not get healed? Right? And it's, it's, a, it's a constant dilemma. Um, uh, I'll read this uh, from a commentary. Uh, you know, the issue of life and death rests in the hands of sovereign God. And we will not get the full answer to this question of James' death uh, until we get to glory. Um, James' death, while, while executed by Herod, was appointed by God. Okay? It was permitted. It was allowed. Okay? So you've got, you got to let that sink in. You know, though it was done by the hands of evil men, you know, Herod, uh, uh, it couldn't have happened unless God allowed or permitted. Um, uh, what may seem to us as a life cut short uh, was for God a saint coming home. Right? You, you, always have, you always have to see it from two perspectives. From the earthly perspective looking at the pain, looking at you know, sin and darkness, and then we look up and we can't see you know, what God is doing. But from God's perspective, looking down, He understands, He sees the end, He sees the ultimate uh, purpose. Um, this tells us that in the mind of God, death is not as horrible as we think it is. Death is not as horrible as we think it is. On this side of earth, on, on this side of our experiences, it's like the worst. It's the end. Right? And if you only think in those terms, then you're going to be dictated by fear and death. All your decisions. Right? You're, you'll be incapacitated. You know, deer in the headlights. You wouldn't be able to take even an inch of a step of faith. Because everything is dictated about whether or not this extends or, or limits your life. From this vantage point. From this side of heaven. Um, but from God's side... Uh, uh, you know, death is not as horrible as we think it is. Uh, it is not the bitter experience the human mind imagines it to be. And then he says, you know, uh, uh, this next statement is going to be shocking. Okay, for a Christian, death should be an anticipated event for means entrance into heaven. For us, death is not the end. I, I, you know, you hear that all the time. But how much of that actually permeates into the decision making and, and, our, and our worldview? For us, death means you know, we're going to be promoted into heaven eternally. You know, whether it's uh, 30 years, whether it's 50 years, whether it's you know, 100 years, uh, uh, our death is a promotion into heaven. Our loved ones who pass is a promotion into the presence of God. Um, we, we, you know, he continues on. He says, uh, Christians have the promise uh, uh, in Psalms 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. For the Lord, he's calling James home. From the Lord's perspective, thank you, James. You know, good and faithful servant. Man, your, your promotion, it's time. You know, it's time for you to come home. Uh, uh, from the human perspective, James' death was a tragedy. But from the perspective of the sovereign supernatural, uh, it, it's an incredible blessing. And so we, we have to shift our mindsets. right? So then the ultimate goal is, is bringing people to salvation. The ultimate goal is not you know, for our parents to live longer. The ultimate goal is for them to be saved. Our ultimate goal is not for our children to have a, a blessed life and, and you know, uh, be successful. The ultimate goal is for our children to be saved. 
so that we make sure that in their salvation and belief in Christ, that they unlock their eternal inheritance. And we were the ones who walked them through that. And no matter what happens in this lifetime, you know, every once in a while we have this talk. And it was a couple days ago, my kids were like, oh, what's going to happen you know, when you die? And I, and I told them, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I'll be preparing uh, and waiting for you guys. You know, I can't wait till we all get back together. Don't worry. You know, you know when I'm you know, 80 or 90 and, and, and when I'm dead, you'll be like 60. You won't be that far behind. <laughs> you know, so don't, don't worry. We'll be reunited soon, you know. And so, so don't worry about that and, and, you know, just, you know, live your best for the Lord and, and all that. Um, and so, you know, the sting of death, the scriptures tells us, you know, where, where, oh, death is your sting, right? Christ has defeated death. He didn't just defeat sin. He also defeated death. And what that means is we have a far greater eternal perspective. And so you have to be able to evaluate, right? In whatever job or industry you're in, probably you, to some degree you get paid for your capacity to make a judgment, your capacity to see the value in something that maybe others can't see, right? The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, I've been following all these commandments in all my life. What do I have to do? Jesus says, sell everything you have and come follow me. He walks away because he has too much. You know, you have to recognize in that, in that, in that account Jesus doesn't say that to everyone. Jesus doesn't say to everyone, leave you know, uh, all your wealth and come follow me. Right? It depends on what is your stronghold. It depends on what is your idol. It depends on what you have elevated above God himself. And for this man, it was his wealth. And so, so valuation, investment-wise speaking, you, you have to say he was so short-sighted. Right? Whatever the worth of his value was, or whatever his vision was for his life... I mean, in comparison to the eternal, he, he was short-sighted. He totally, you know, misvaluated what, what Jesus was offering in this short period of time, you know, service and sacrifice, but at the same time experiencing God here on earth, but then, and then ultimately eternally with him, man, he made a wrong valuation. He, he, he misappropriated cost and value, and, and based on that, misappro- you know, uh, that, that miscalculation, he, he took the wrong step. And so we, as believers, constantly, guys, we have to constantly value and evaluate our decisions and, and our values and ultimately put all our eggs in, in the basket or all our hope in the basket of the eternal. And everything we do here today and the time that you have and the resources you have, man, has to be given into service of the Lord uh, you know, in your community, in your job, you know, to your family, you know, to your church. Um, Death, in God's eyes, is not as horrible as it looks like to us. He's on the other side. He sees it. What he's asking you and I to do is to have faith and believe. Because of what he did through his son Jesus, he's saying, guys, I know it's hard to perceive. I know it's hard. I know it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's like climbing up a hundred step ladder and then asking you to jump off. But I'm going to catch you. And you're going to be okay. Um, and so... You know, ask yourself this question, right? In the next decision that you have to make, do you make decisions based off of fear? Is, is, is fear or death or, or you know, uh, 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 success or the, the lack of or the loss of in this lifetime, does that dictate how, how we make decisions? And uh, we shouldn't let, you know, fear of death or, or, or fear itself have that type of authority or power in our lives. Um, I had this talk on Sunday, and then I had this talk again uh, yesterday. Uh, and so, um, you know, the church is praying, and the scriptures tells us fervently. 
and then we heard Artie Kendall on Friday say, you know, uh, uh, you only pray the will of God. Right? You never teach, pray uh, uh, what you want. Okay? You only pray the will of God. Um, and so, you know, there can be confusion because sometimes we say we, you know, uh, 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 only, only do or only seek the will of God and only pray for the things of the will of God. And then other times we say, well, we'll pray for your family, pray, pray for the health of a loved one, pray for, you know, breakthrough in your promotion. And uh, I want to say it's, it's both okay. I want to say it's both okay. Uh, but I want to give you a, a protocol, okay, which, which will help you to understand. Okay, first and foremost, in your, in your approach to prayer, okay, first and foremost, okay, you got to go through this checklist, right? I'm going to give you a, a three checklist. One, seek the will of God. Okay, if you've taken GIC, uh, EG, we know that when we pray, the goal is to get our will out of the way, right? Get, get our desires out of the way. Come before God and say, and just, Lord, I want to know your will. I want to seek your will. What is, you know, uh, not what is your will for my life, but what is your will, period, right? Not as what is your will for my job. You take out my job. You just, what is your will, period? Not what is your will for my you know, future relationship. No, take my future relationship out. God, what is your will today? Period. And so you seek God, empty yourself out. God will, will, will come close. God will speak to you. And then the things that He imparts, then you contend and you pray for those things. So first and foremost, because here's the premise. If you're close to God and you're intimate with God, uh, uh, it, it'll, it'll sort of take away selfish desires and the prayers. You, you don't want to waste time on praying things that, that God's not going to answer in, in some regard. Right? And if you're close and intimate with God and, and, and you're, 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 you're you know, uh, connected with Him in spirit, you're going to have His heart. You're going to see what He sees. He's going to show you and bring you revelation. And you're going to start contending and praying in those things. And all those things that God, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, you have a desire and then God plants His heart and then your desire becomes, you know, your, His desire becomes your desire. And so you're actually praying for the things that you want but that you don't know you want. You, you're praying for money. You're praying for success. And that's what you think you want. But ultimately what you're praying for is, is, is fulfillment and joy. And so God supersedes the, the superficial or the outer layers of, you know, what you think that manifestation or what, what, that, what you're defining. And He goes to the root and He actually starts to stir in there and you start praying for fulfillment and joy and, and then you realize it's not about the success. You realize it's not about the promotion. And all of a sudden your heart starts contending and you start Start praying these things that are in alignment with God, and then they all start getting answered, and you realize, wow, God, God does answer prayers. And so the first key is to come into alignment with the heart of God. Once you have the heart of God and you start praying, it may still be the things you're contending for, but the root motive and intent and the heart uh, could be in a, in, in, in a, in a much uh, uh, sort of a submitted or right space, and then therefore those things come to fruition, and God answers these prayers. And, and then, and then you're, you, know, you, you give praise to God. And so first and foremost, seek the will of God. Get your own will out of the way. If you don't know what the will of God is, uh, uh, you know, then, then you, you're, you're, the imperative, the job is for you to get closer. Right? It's not, you can't say, God, I don't know what you want, so I'm just going to pray for what I want. Okay? The mandate, first and foremost, is to empty ourselves, seek the will of God, and then contend and pray for those things. Right? Does God want... Uh, uh, to heal this person? Yeah, I absolutely believe God wants to heal that person. Well, I'm going to gun after and pray for that. Does God, does God want you know, breakthrough in this area? Does God want uh, me, you know, uh, me to have influence so that I can make an impact? And, and these are the reasons. And, and yeah, I, I prayed and I really feel like this is what God... And then you, you contend and you pray after those things. There's a relationship. There, there's an emotional connection. It's not just a, a list, you know, 
on a piece of paper and you just, you just start, you know, it's like, it's like you just, you're just throwing out notes and, and regurgitating and saying it out and hoping someone picks it up. Um, and if you don't know the will of God, then the, then the mandate is that you have to get closer and seek God so that you'll, you'll draw near to Him. And then, and then thirdly, you know, I would say this. Uh, if you're not sure what the will of God is, uh, uh, you know, keep praying and keep persisting anyways. Better that you're, 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 you're attempting and, and, you know, this has happened a lot. You're praying and you're praying and you're contending. And, 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 you know, maybe you don't, maybe you do know, maybe you don't know. And then through the course of this prayer, through this season, God shifts something. God says, well, focus on this or God reveals something about his heart. And, and, then, and then our prayer request kind of modifies or changes to a degree. And, and, and so even if you're not sure, you know, it's okay to keep praying. I think you just being close to God and seeking Him, eventually God will bring revelation. You know, so to, so to say something like, I don't know the will of God, therefore I'm not going to pray. Don't, don't do that. Okay? That's, to me, that's super spiritual. To say, I'm only going to pray the will of God, and if I don't know the will of God, I'm not going to pray. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's this process, there's this half step or, or, or you know, you know, baby step. And, and so even if you're not sure, just, just, it's okay, keep at it, keep seeking. There are plenty of places in scriptures, including this one and others, where God instructs, where Jesus instructs for us to be persistent, to continue to you know, keep at it, to contend, you know, uh, uh, like knocking on the door of a friend late at night for a bread. You know, even, even as a friend, he wouldn't do that, but because you're persistent, uh, surely he'll come out and, and give you that. And so there, there's, all, there's all these examples as well where we're to be persistent. But the key is being in connection with God. The key is being in alignment with God. And then God gives you His heart. And when you see His heart for the things that, that He wants to do, and then, and then you start getting wind of those prayers, and you start praying them, and they come to fruition, and then you begin to discern what is of God, what is not of God. Right? Does that make sense? Okay? And so like, if I'm praying, you know, I, I know this is a really ridiculous prayer, but if I'm praying for a Ferrari, Lord, can I have a red Ferrari? Right? I, you know, I, I don't know. Is that the will of God? You know, but then if I said like, Lord, you know, Lord, I pray for a red Ferrari so that, uh, 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 you know, I can have influence and impact and bring people to Christ. I, is, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, um, but you want to get red Ferrari out of the, out of your head and you want to say, Lord, you know, uh, show me your heart. What can I do? You know, uh, how, how can I be used to reach these people? Does, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Does that make sense? Um, and so, yeah, really good questions. You know, someone was asking, you know, uh, uh, where in the Bible do we see contending? Uh, you know, we, we, we should only be praying the will of God. Yeah, but sometimes we don't know. Right? For the things we do know the will of God, we pray. But for the things we don't, like, I think there's grace. I think there's understanding. And you just pursue, as you're pursuing God, I think God will give revelation. Does that make sense? Okay? So just because you don't know the will doesn't mean you should stop praying. You want to know the will of God and pray the will of God. That's first and foremost. You want to get yourself out of the way. But until you do, it's okay to keep seeking Him and pursuing. It's okay to ask God, is this your will? And, and pray for breakthrough. Now certain things, you know, we absolutely believe God wants to heal. We absolutely believe this is the will of God. We ultimately believe that God has healed. Uh, uh, after this life, God has ultimately healed through Jesus for eternity. So we can claim that. I, I think I preached on that already. We can claim that with confidence. But do we know right now in this moment if he's going to save James or, or, or let Peter go? That we don't know. So we contend. We continually pray. Uh, uh, and we should pray without ceasing. Does that make sense? Okay, so I just wanted to encourage you in that. 
Wherever you are in your prayer walk, wherever you are in your relationship with God, don't give up. You know, uh, 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 keep, keep persisting. You'll grow in your prayer. Okay, but the, the, the focus ultimately is to seek the heart and the will of God. Uh, uh, and then to pray those things. And then you'll find, because He loves you, and because you're His son and daughter, that not only does He have time and power to answer the prayers that He wants, but He also has in the mix, because He loves you as sons and daughters, because you're, you know, uh, uh, you know he, he, he will also bless you, uh, but not just for the sake of being blessed. Blessed so that we can be a blessing. Okay, and I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. Right? Uh, uh, you know, he, he is for you. Uh, uh, if you can handle success and platform in a way that would point to him and bring others to him, he will give you success and platform. Uh, uh, and 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 and, and uh, you know, sometimes if he doesn't, it, it could be timing. It could be grace. The worst thing that could happen is, you know, your your heart is not ready, relationally not formed, you know, structurally, foundation-wise, not there. And then and then and then you got success and platform. And then, and then we just come tumbling down. The, the, the weight of the pressure of the, of the glory and the light uh, just, just, just breaks people. Okay? Um, so so that's, that's how we pray. So these guys are praying persistently. They don't know. They don't know, you know. They believe God wants to free Peter. James certainly died. I don't know. If, if James could go, Peter could go. But that didn't stop them from praying. Is this the will of God? Will the will of God be done? You know, go home. No, they don't know the will of God. And so they're, they're, they're praying for the will of God to be, for Peter to be saved. They're not, so they're contending. They're, they're fighting. right? They're, they're saying, Lord, we believe it's your will. God, would you please save Peter? You know, they absolutely believe God hears their prayers. They absolutely believe God will respond. And so I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it's both. And if that sounds crazy to you, there's a lot of that in the scriptures. There's a lot of both. Jesus is fully God, and at the same time, He's fully man. Explain that to me, Pastor Sam. I, I can only in so many words. He is almighty, powerful, and yet He, he, he relinquished the fullness of His glory and authority. Uh, 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 you know, God is forever. God is eternal. Um, you know, God is uh, sovereign. Uh, uh, you know, He knows everything. At the, at the same time, we have free will. Right? Both of those are okay. God is in control. He knows everything. But at the same time, He's given us a free will. And how does that work together? It, you know, it, doesn't all, it doesn't all fit in our head, but it works. Same thing. Right? God's will will be done. Uh, pray the things of God's will. But at the same time, God wants us to contend and seek and to persist in prayer. Okay? Um, just a couple things here. Uh, uh, last, last, thoughts, or last thought here. Uh, I love how for Peter... After he had this encounter uh, uh, where he thought it was a dream or a vision, but the angel actually brought him out. I love how he goes, it says in, in verse 12, he goes to the house of Mary. And uh, I just love how he knew where to go. He knew where the church would be. He knew where they would be praying. Uh, uh, you know, they didn't have cell phones. Uh, they didn't have texts. He just knew that if the church was going to be anywhere, they would be in this home. They would be seeking him. Uh, seeking God, they would be praying. Um, and uh, I just thought that's a beautiful picture. And I, and I pray this year in 2021 that our homes, that our house churches, uh, that our meetings would be a place where the Spirit of God is dwelling, 
uh, that, that you know, no matter what the course of your week is like through this year, there's still going to be a lot of ups and downs. Uh, no matter how good, no matter how bad, on good days, yeah, I want to go to house church, feels great. On, on, on really rough weeks, you know, I could use a break. I, you know, I just feel like being a loner. That in those moments especially, that our hearts would be orientated like, like a spiritual compass and, and we know where we need to go. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a, a tractor beam, like, especially in the tough weeks. Even though I don't want to. You know, do you know how many times uh, your house church leaders over the course of however many years have said, I, I just feel so bad. I feel like a, you know, I, I messed up. I don't feel like I have the capacity to lead or to serve. You know, I, I wish I didn't have to, but you know, in this particular week, uh, uh, you know, but I made this commitment and they go. Do you know how many times they've said to me, I didn't want to go, but I'm so glad at the end that I did go. And they realize that coming together as a community, that praying for others, and then also being prayed for, that it lifts this weight and this heaviness, this almost this like cloud or this condemnation, that every time you come into the presence of God and the community of God, there is an uplifting. Every time you take that step of faith, every time you think that thought, I don't feel like today going, but, but I should go, and you go. Man, the moment you come in, the presence of God, and that, that's a step of faith. That's you saying, you know, in the flesh I don't want to, but I'm, in the spirit I believe there's something there, and you go, and then God ministers to you, and then, and then, you, and then you're, you're able to minister to others. And, uh, and so I really hope that this year, that there will be something in you. There's just something in you. Every week, you just, you just know you got to go to house church. You know, no matter how good, no matter how bad, you just, you just got to be in community. Because every time you're in community, the presence of God is there. And whenever the presence of God is there, there's always an opportunity for God to do something in your life. Every time you step foot into Sunday service or a house church or gather together in the name of Jesus, two or three people, accountability. Every single time you, you make trouble yourself and go out of your way to do that is an opportunity for God to move and minister in your life. Amen? Amen. Pray this year that our house churches would be a place, a refuge, an oasis, a sanctuary, you know, midweek, during the week, where we can get rest and healing and restoration and fellowship with the Lord. Amen? Right? Let's bow our heads.